All right, so for everybody else who has no idea what we're talking about, because if we say we haven't been on the air in forever and a day, nobody knows what that yeah, would mean because everything happens real time. So we no were dip. a little backstory. We were originally going to have Chris Flynn on. He was on another one. He was going to come on, and he was going to kind of do a recap since his episode. Mm-hmm. I go with him to a cigar bar in Providence every Friday. And they do I, man things. And I had talked to him about it, and he literally said, and I quote, my son has a baseball game probably until like 2.30, and then I, I'm available after that, like so like 3 o'clock. Yeah. And then when I asked him last Saturday if he was available and what time would work, he said he's not available and that – afternoons on the weekdays work better now i just started a new job and i've talked about that before but no that doesn't work for me and week weekdays don't work for me anymore um we're gonna figure that out but i did tell remy and as a problem solving skill what i did was i was like rem i have an idea why don't we take the week off and why don't we go to the movies and watch the new evil dead rise and, yeah. Rem, and Rem went, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. That was like, because we're very professional and whatever. But like, if Bob hits me up for um, some off, off ground activities, I am fucking stoked. So we wanted to both see the new Evil Dead rise. And I thought we were doing an episode. And he's like, bro, let's go catch the movie. And I was like, yes, let's please do that. So the reason that we wanted to do uh, an episode about it is for me, it's like threefold. Number one, we were going to a movie theater. People don't do that anymore. I think people our age still do. Yeah. We wanted to kind of review our experience at the movie theater. Not just not just of the of the film, but of the whole of the whole entire experience. Yeah. And and then we wanted to give a little backstory cuz Evil Dead, the series is near and dear to us. We got some we got some stories. And then we're without giving away too many spoilers cuz we would love you guys to go see it and maybe even give us your feedback. But then what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about some things we liked, we didn't like, and where we see it going. Yeah. One is named Remy. This is Remy. The other, Bobby Rocks. Bobby Rocks here. Together, they take you on weekly journeys of life from the point of view of Xennials, or people born in the late 1970s to mid-1980s. Their aim is to give a voice to the voiceless. It's the Xennial Odyssey Podcast. Welcome to the Odyssey. I mean, I'll I'll start off by saying I'm a fucking horror groupie. I love horror. I actually made my living writing about horror for a long, long time. Big, big fan. Um, and a big fan of the Evil Dead franchise in its very many forms. Mm-hmm. So... Getting to unpack it, yeah, it was fun. Like I just, I was like, okay, we're going to the movies. This is this is a day off. I lit up. I rolled. I, I'm like, mm. can I smoke a blunt? And you were like, of course, yeah, yeah sure. I'll just go. I'll just go road trip. Yeah, road trip. We were right down the street from the movie theater, and we just figured, fuck it, we'll just we'll just keep it going like that. And so, before we get into the intro, before we get into the segments, let's give a little backstory on just the Evil Dead in general. So, what it means to us. Yeah. So literally, Evil Dead One was 1981. It was 1981. Wasn't it based off of a film that Sam Raimi... Yeah, Into the Woods. Um, that he did for college. Yes. And 
Bruce Campbell was like someone he went to school with and mm -hmm. was just like, hey, do you want to help me with this? Sure. And yeah, that's how Bruce Campbell's career started, everybody. Like just yeah. as help out my friend as we go to like the University of Michigan. And then he becomes an icon. Yeah. So they get some funding mm -hmm. based off of his short movie. They decide to Possession go... movie, out Cabin in the Woods, for people yeah. who don't know. So the setting that the movie is filmed on is in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. And I believe it was the early spring in a cabin. And that's that's it. And then they had to bring stuff in. It was all this yeah. existing stuff. And for people who don't know the backstory to the first Evil Dead, it was a fucking nightmare of film. They were learning how to do it as they went. Yeah, they, there they was didn't, practical effects that were a bitch. There was electricity issues because they're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yeah. It's the mid, it's early spring, so there's flooding. The living conditions were just deplorable. Everyone was getting sick. It was yep. just disgusting. And it plays out in their in their performances in the film. Like that that stuff. Let's let's come on. Let's be honest. That stuff carries over as much as you try to keep it out. Yeah, they're ragged in that film. Yeah. And you can feel the exhaustion, but I think mm -hmm. that that sort of appeal is what makes the initial Evil Dead such a profound film. As you can tell, they were working with like 100 bucks, none of them are professional actors, and it's captivating, terrifying, somewhat charming in a weird, offbeat way, yeah. but they wanted to do something iconic, and they managed to do it which is amazing because there are things that are still used in horror. The first person view of the evil entity. It's very commonly used now. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's very ter terrifying. Yeah, I know. It'll yeah. always be scary. Yeah. You know, it'll always be scary, but they went and they were just, it's a basic possession story. Kids go into the cabin, find an old book wrapped in skin. You know how it goes. That stuff happens. The Read some passages, play it's, a record. And it's not originally called the Necronomicon. I mean, th that's something they added later on to kind of as an homage to, the original Lovecraft. book yeah, to, yeah, and, yeah and to lovecraft yeah but um it was just so the what, book of the dead yeah. did they take uh they he took some years off because he was doing other things and then six years later six years later 87 you got 86, the budget he got the budget and bruce and they did evil dead 2 in my opinion the best in the in the in this in the series i i i love it for the fact that they have a budget mm -hmm. it's adding some campiness, but it's not too much campiness. I'm going to go back. And it's, I think there are elements in that that are equally as terrifying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a masterpiece, but it was interesting. Okay, so my experience with the Evil Dead's a, a very unique one. I was going through a period <laughs> post-high school where I was like, I just want to take hallucinogens and watch horror movies, you know? And I had a little, like, film group that we did together with. Mm -hmm. I always enjoyed it. Always, And we couldn't get through the Evil Dead tripping because it was just... So much. There was so much with the blood and the guts and the screaming. And it was a lot to take in a state of heightened consciousness. I remember like being like turning it off and me and my friends being like. <sighs> but I, I went back to the movie the next day, you know, sober and was just floored by what it was. Floored. I, I, it's uncomfortable. It's suffocating at times. But again, there's that like grassroots charm of what they're doing because it's so basic and then the second evil dead movie and it confused me because the second evil dead movie was i don't care what people say it's a remake of the first movie the first 40 minutes is yeah they're retconning it and making mm -hmm. it which threw me off when i first saw because i was like wait a minute me too but it is a masterpiece and that's you could say that that's when bruce campbell became ash is in that proper yes so many iconic things fell into place in that film but, you know, this is where our opinions are about to go in different directions because then part three happened. So 
So for anyone who doesn't know, we're no longer Evil Deads. We're Army of Darkness. Yeah. That was 92. A huge jump from hard R to PG-13. And also really upping the ante on the campiness. Oh, not even upping it. If it was at three... It turned it to 11. Yeah, they, they got the knob and they broke it. And was it fun? Yeah. At the time, did I like it? No, because I wanted the weird, creepy, over-the-top stuff. And for me... Stick figure skeletons walking in a line just didn't do it. When they let Bruce Campbell shine in that film, it's some of my favorite Bruce Campbell moments. And we get, we get, our, our, we get our iconic Bruce Campbell lines. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where it's formed. Well, who are you? My name's Ash. Hardwares. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's just, it's, it's iconic. I didn't like the third one because it threw me off. Now, in hindsight, now that I know it's a Looney Tunes movie and they were trying to make a big summer movie for everybody, okay. Yeah, it's fun. Then we got the reboot. Yeah, but I was going to say, in between all then, we had comics. They they created like a graphic novel. Yeah, and so, it became huge. Like yeah. the Ash versus, and they put him in every world. They put him in a Freddy world and a Halloween. And uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, they all went to go do other things. Sam Raimi d- did the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, killed it. And then uh, Drag Me to Hell. I think Drag Me to Hell is uh, underrated. Drag Me to Hell is the best, one of the best Evil Dead movies. Yeah, yeah, that's not Evil Dead. Yeah. Nah, man, yeah. I, I really yeah. feel like if Drag Me to Hell was Evil Dead 3. It would have gotten way more push. Mm. Way more push. And I think that ending is terrifying. I think yes. it's, that's a relentless yeah. movie. And you talk about being underrated. I think it's a masterpiece. That's Raimi yeah. having the most fun he can. But but then we got we got the reboot, which Remy and I have talked about. It's, it is a masterpiece in and of itself. We will talk more on that. And then um, they brought back ash as a tv show that was originally on stars yeah I think. and it was ash versus the evil dead and it was so fucking good yes it was so yep. fucking good it took xena the warrior princess in there killing she it. was killed the whole cast phenomenal yeah i think ash versus the evil dead shocked a lot of people because yeah. i think people went out of being like what's this gonna be and it really struck a f- it kind of carried the campiness of Army of Darkness, but it also brought the gore and the repulsiveness. I thought um, Ash vs. the Evil Dead was the perfect gelling. And so what all of this really did, I think, for the franchise is it gave them an excuse to create the first original new Evil Dead thing in 30 years. Yeah. And that's what we're going to spend this episode talking about.
So first, I think what we got to do is we have to talk about the the movie experience itself. Yeah, I haven't I hadn't gone to a theater, I don't think in a long time when I saw this with you. And first take. It was fun. It was exciting. I I missed that. I missed buying a ticket, smelling the movie theater and the popcorn. I missed looking at what other movies were popping off. It's corny, but we're zennials. And we bring that up because I think the pandemic sped up something that was already happening. Home watching. That, that people were going to movies less and that some of the providers of content saw an opportunity to upcharge us, let's be honest too, upcharge yep. us to watch it at home yeah. when it's a new release. Like the $30 Mulan when it came out? Yes. And movie theaters, with maybe a couple exceptions, really haven't recovered no no not at all uh i think talk on maverick is like an example of like where people it saved movies people came out but anyway mm -hmm. uh one thing we i wanted to bring up for us we went to an afternoon showing yeah and what is the historical thing about an afternoon showing besides the fact that tickets are way cheaper is less that people less, less annoying less people and less of the people that just go to be seen at an event let me explain my relationship with opening night horror movies they fucking suck now I'll tell you why they suck. It can be fun if you want the pageantry of people yelling at scary parts. and But opening night is where 16-year-old kids bring their dates to feel their titties. That's just how it works. They're going to be corny. They're going to yell. They're going to say shit's stupid. It just There's a level of it that's too fucking much once you reach a certain age. And on top of that, people's social skills fucking suck right now. Suck. And beyond just talking during a film or watching something on their phone during a film... I went to go see Megan the weekend the movie Megan came out. And I was telling Rem last week that uh, there was a, a husband and a wife with their, like, 10-year-old son. This 10-year-old son is, like, purposely dropping ass towards the dad, thinking that's funny. And I'm waiting for the dad to be like, Stop dropping uh, ass in a we're fucking in, movie theater. We're in public, and why don't you be fucking respectful? Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of like, well, it's not my fucking job to say that for you. No, and that's the thing. And so if Bob had hit me up to go see opening night, I just said, fuck no. And honestly, how many people were in there? 20? Maybe tops. Tops. 20 people. And they were legit. There were a couple of people yeah. by themselves. That dude next to you was by himself. Yeah, I, and I loved that. So we had like people between us. We weren't packed next to people. And he was truly there because he's, he's a, a fan, fan of the franchise. Yep. And, and I appreciated that. The people next to him? Mm. Uh, those two girls were annoying. But yeah, anyway, that's the thing. If you go to opening night, you're going to get annoyed. If you go the next day to a matinee, you're going to get the purest experience. Um, and we did. One thing that Rem and I were talking about in the movie theater is, uh, was it Nuvi? Yeah. Nuvi sucked. It was just too much. Maria Menunos, love, love her. Lovely woman. Love her. I'm glad that she, because uh, I know she had like cancer or she had like a tumor in her brain. But like the fake interviews. But, yeah, it was painful. And just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was pain, painful. Like, so much corned canned. I remember sitting in a dark movie theater waiting for the previews to start, and I'm fine with that stuff. Yeah. But we don't do that anymore. This The theater gets insecure and has to start yeah. talking. But once it started in the previews, it's like, oh, yeah, I kind of missed this. What were your favorite previews? Because there were a couple that you said to me, that looks like it's going to be good. The only one I can remember for whatever reason, and I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed about this, but, you know, a blunt. Um, I remember the, uh, what was it, the new Insidious trailer? Yes. Pretty fucking creepy. Do you, do you fuck with Insidious? You know, all these movies, once they go threes and fours, lose me, you know? Because I, I haven't watched the second one. I watched the first one. Yeah. And as soon as I hear that song... That song just gives me Creepy. the chills. The doo -doo 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 -doo. And the main guy, yeah. Patrick Wilson, directed this one. Yeah, so, I like him as an actor. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it looked fun. 
The Boogeyman, Stephen King, that's yeah, the that looks, one. that looks good. It looked phenomenal. Yeah. That was a great trailer, man. Yep. Good story, too. But yeah, the movie experience, it was fun to sit there. Like, like me and Bob finishing our snacks before the movie started. That's my, that's my like, trademark. He murdered a bag of popcorn. I murdered I a party bag of Twizzlers before oh, you, the movie. You mean my lunch? <laughs> that, was my, that was my lunch. That well, that was, yeah, that was my fucking breakfast and lunch. Yeah. But that was, it was fun. It was fun when the, the theater... Oh, I got to tell you a funny story, though. So Bob pisses before the movie because he's smart. And I wait for him like a wife. And these people are walking by. And I'm assuming, because I'm a fucking idiot, that everybody that's walking by is going to the Evil Dead, you know? And so... He's like five people walk by in front of us, and I'm like, "You're all gonna die in there." And then I got and in the theater, and they weren't in there. You didn't happen to see what movie they were going to? Were they, were they going to see like a family movie? I think it was like Mario. Oh, bro! And I got in the theater, and I realized that, and I was like, "Oh!" And I kept waiting for like, "Sir," <laughs> I kept waiting for them to flood in and be like, so, "I was trying to make an Evil Dead joke." So what what Rem's saying is that he uh, he had that experience, and. You hear it, right? Yeah, but it sounds sickly. Yeah. Oh, well. Sickly crickets. Oh, well. well that so, is what I got, though. I got yeah, sickly crickets. So so Rem's joke went over as well as me hitting crickets right there. Yeah, it was a good representation. So then the movie starts, and let me tell you. It's nonlinear. It's a nonlinear movie, so it starts at the Without letting, yeah, end. without telling you it starts yeah. at the end, which is really, yeah. and I think that that opening scene was great. I thought that sequence was wonderful. When she starts quoting the Wuthering Heights to her, and she's reading yep. the book, and she's looking down. Masterful. And then, obviously, you saw it in the trailer, the ponytail rip. Mm -hmm. I well will tell done. you, it's, well it's even better when you see it. Yeah, and then the movie starts, and you know, they did really interesting things. This is the first time it was an intimate story. Like, it's usually just partying people, and it's give or take, but this was a mother, single mother who's just been abandoned by a shitty husband. Yep, her three kids. Son, a daughter, and a little tiny daughter. Yep, and the catalyst for this whole story is that her sister, who is a traveling... Uh, like, a, tech. like a guitar tech. Let's use the right term. Yeah. And she finds out that she is uh, expecting, so she takes a break from there and wants to go see her sister. And so there's the yep. rise from the title. It's a high-rise building that's really the lab. Oh, what a great setting, huh? Yeah, that was uh, well done, too. That was a masterful idea. Yeah. Like, let's take it out of the cabin. 
I do wish they did a little more with it, but even the peephole scenes were just so masterfully done. Mm-hmm. But basically, you know, evil awakens, family discovers the book, son crawls in the hole. And- family, family, I'm going to say read some incantations. I don't want to spoil that for people. Because I, lo- I thought because I thought that the way they did that was wonderful. I loved it. You guys are going to have to watch it for your own if you want to know what we're talking and about. And the there. records and the kid keep yeah, well, on you the just next. spoiled it. <laughs> well, the records but, are a part of it, yeah. but regardless, like, yeah, masterful setup. Really, really creepy. And then, you know, they did something really subversive. And instead of having the trees violate this girl as the opening, it was the wires in the fucking elevator. Yes. And I thought that was just such a cool take. By the way, none go up and do the diddle diddle like the other ones. There's no official, like, violation. Yeah, which is good. But, yeah, it comes into the building. And what was the actress's name? Something Sutherland? The main actress? Yeah. All I, I don't I don't know. I just know she was uh she was on Vikings. Remarkable performance. Mm-hmm. Just stunning woman. And it, it's even more to be like, wow, this woman's beautiful and she's just making herself terrifying. There was, there is CGI because CGI is in all movies, but a lot of stuff with her was makeup. And the way that and they her did move- her up was wonderful. She like was- she she looks unnerved when she is possessed, she looks unnerving and ter- is the epitome of terror. And the idea of the home being corrupted and that your mother, the one who would die to protect you, is the one who's trying to kill you. And I love yep. that. And there's a scene in the beginning, won't be ruined if you've seen the trailer. And I wanted to talk about this scene with you. When she comes home and is making the eggs, mm-hmm. what was your interpretation of that scene? My interpretation is that she's hungry. Like there's still that part of her that's human. Yeah. And she's hungry. But then. Deadites be deadites. You know what I think that and, was? And uh, I think what it turned into was a uh, a foreshadowing of what was to come. Because do you notice how many eggs were cracked? No. There were at least five eggs cracked. Or there were like, yeah. So one for each member of the family. Yep. And um, I took that scene. When I saw it, I just watched it. And then I took it afterward as that, yeah, that's the last remnants of the mother. Mm-hmm. Because and after that, she says a scene that, and I don't want to spoil what no, she said. because it's uh, But it, rela- it relates to what you just said as far as, like, being a protector and all that. Yeah, and there's a shift. But I think that her cooking the eggs is still trying to provide. And, but, yeah, phenomenal. And it, it just goes. Spoiler alert. Remy's going to spoil. Not if you watch the trailer. <laughs> Bob's coked out today, so just roll with it. Coked out. I'm tired. But, yeah, I think that there, the idea of the home front being compromised and the person that would save you at all costs. And what's interesting is. So the guitar tech sister sort of becomes the matriarchal figure as shit goes south. So in my, as you were saying that, what I'm jumping, what I was jumping to is she basically becomes Ash. Yeah. She's the, she's the contemporary version of Ash. Yeah. And I mean, again, we're not going to spoil anything, but the movie really does not shy away from being grotesque and from being cruel. And you, you brought up something to me because there is, there's like an eight or nine year old. As one of the characters, about, and Remy kept saying to me, "Like, how is she in this movie? How are they doing this kind of stuff? They, they like our society has moved away from stuff like this." And I kept thinking that. Shout out to Staffney. Yeah, what a great. I'm not gonna say more than that. If you see the movie, you'll know. But what a great plot thing and the way mm-hmm. it's brought back around. But yeah, I was shocked at times and appalled. But I also looked at something on YouTube afterward, and she was very much protected. In the scenes where they're showing her reaction, there was nothing that she was reacting to. And in the scenes where it looks like she's in the room with Gore, it's always an extra aura. So kind of what, what you're describing is 
pretty much like what they did on the set of the It TV series. 100%. The kids with, Tim, with Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Tim Curry does a wonderful job at a, at a Comic-Con uh, where he's doing Q&A. Yeah. And he talks about the, uh, the sewer scene. And he talks about how he goes into character and when he grabs, when he grabs the child's arm, the child breaks character and, and was like, you know, like, Tim, you're scaring me. And he, yeah. and he, and so he, as he's dressed as a clown, he drops character and he's just like, he's like, well, you know, says his name. He's like, well, you know, in his British accent, cause Tim Curry's just amazing. He's just, yeah, well, yeah. that, that's the point. And then, you know, Rick calms him down and then they, then they film the scene. The like, scene. yeah. Like, so you need stuff like that. Maybe that's one reason that people shy away from having movies as like dark and macabre with children in it because it takes a skill set to, to a, protect a large school skill set to protect children from stuff like that agreed and i think they i think the that's talked about even on the uh set of uh the remake of it yeah that i mean that they were a little older but at the same time they were also seasoned they're, actors and they're children and, but it's like we yeah. got to remember just because they're in this they don't need to see as yeah. crazy as it's going to get and i have to say shout out to everyone in this film performances were awesome yeah I little agree. girl was awesome the the son the daughter but the neighbors go- the neighbors oh yeah the neighbors are a great character and i'll tell you i was sitting in the theater at one point being like oh well everybody's safe that's all i'll say because there's children and and horror does not allow mothers to inflict pain upon their children often yeah it does happen and that's what makes it jarring and so the movie immediately is pulling these things where it's like you have to be uncomfortable with this, even mm-hmm. if you're okay with horror. And some of the lines the mother says, oh, just, just, they'll stick with you. We're not going to quote yeah. any because the fun is experiencing them. But I was going to say, we could, that's one that is in the trailer. We could say the, the mommies with the men. Mommies, mommies with the men. And maggots, that's just you know. like, that's how you know you're going to get evil poetry. Yep. Because that line of her, we coming we, uh, out of the tub, mommies with the maggots now. did talk on the way up here about we were talking about a lot of stuff we were talking about the thing and one thing that the thing does did for horror and suspense is it took away that strength in numbers feeling like even as a viewer of a movie because there's no oh, safety. There's, oh there's 10 of them oh oh that's when that's when things are safe and they're the ones like the thing is the movie nope. that said oh no like there's 10 of us 
one of these people is going to like kill me. Yeah, you can't trust. Just numbers yeah. doesn't mean shit. In some cases, it's even more and dangerous. This, and this Evil Dead Rise being an example of like paying that forward, keeping that kind of theme going. And we will say this: Evil Dead's have a secret thing that they have to follow. Mm -hmm. Okay, they have to follow certain rules. And this movie did everyone. There's a chainsaw. We're not going to get into stuff. But every beat that you'd expect, they made some nice references to the campy one with the eyeball spit. Yep. So they knew what they were doing, and you could tell they took on the franchise with adoration for it. And one thing I did ask Rem, because I, I didn't dig that deep, I did ask him if Sam Raimi was involved in, on any level, and he said absolutely, and so was Bruce Campbell. Yeah, they were the executive main yep. producers. But it was, it was directed by somebody else who had who to they get, chose. Who had to get approval. They chose the guy. Not, not just approval to direct it, but like scene, scene by scene approval. Yeah, yeah. Script because, approvals. And they're just like, you know, I Because think that's their baby. There's going to be more. That's what they said since the first weekend. They're like, listen, people are responsive. They wanted to rebirth their franchise, and they did. And yeah, there were just some scenes where I was like, oh, wow. You know, there's a couple of scenes to Bob. I was like, fuck. You know, a little like bounce back and forth, but it was scary. It was funny. Yeah, it hit it all. And I, it reminded me in a moment that I do enjoy that experience of sitting quietly in a cool theater mm -hmm. with a snack and a friend. Yeah, it worked. It was a fun afternoon. It was a fun afternoon away from what we usually do. Yep. And we should do that at least, and we I, should do that like once a month. And what I think is sad about it is that uh, in the near future, uh, it won't be an available thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. It we have to do be. a matinee once a month, man, yeah. you know? Because, for example, when I worked, uh, this was like two jobs ago. When I would drive home, there was a movie theater at the Silver City Galleria. When they redid it, it was a really nice movie theater. Yeah. And I would uh, sometimes, if I knew my wife would be working like late, I would stop in there and just watch a movie to kill some time. And I'd be by myself. It would, it would also be uh, an afternoon movie. Yeah. So, again, not a lot of people. I think I told Rem, 1917 was one movie. Yeah. I, so it's just me and like older people, a lot of like war veterans. Perfect viewing experience. Yeah. And, and that stuff is great. Like, I really don't have any interest in going on the opening night of a movie anymore. Yeah, I can't. I remember um, going to see Dracula when I was like 17, the Scorsese one, and the, it had lines out the door on the opening night. And I remember that's the last time I ever was like, we're all standing in line for a fucking movie. I can't just come back tomorrow. The last time I went to an opening matinee and it, I, it was uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire nice. because I had, I had crushed those books. Yeah. And... By that time, Goblet of Fire was going to be the next movie that went out. I was, uh, I, and I was, you know, I'll give it my naivete to that. I wasn't prepared for people dressing up. I wasn't prepared for people literally casting spells at each other in a movie theater where I'm just trying to watch a film. And I wasn't prepared for where uh, Emma Watson's uh, Hermione Granger comes down the staircase because they're going to a ball. And, and people were reenacting it in the theater, right? No, the entire theater gave a standing ovation. But it was, it was like one of those ovations that you would get at like the Oscars when someone makes a speech. That everyone likes and that that was like and i'm like oh fuck and i have like an hour and a half left of this shit i'm like i was ready to go yeah i i remember when i went to and this was a long time ago and i was in la at the time i went to see the opening night of that movie the strangers mm -hmm. with a girl i was dating out there and there were people like dude there's this dude finger blasting his girlfriend in the seat next to me people were like yelling at the screen it's one of the can I be honest? That stuff doesn't bother. Like I've gone to concerts where like I'm just like whatever. And no, then, but this was like, this was bacchanal. And I'm trying to watch a fucking horror movie. It's one of the only times I left, and I was like, listen, I can't 
pay attention because all I can smell is pussy. <laughs> Give me a refund. And they did. But I'm with you. I don't like opening night experiences unless you're going for that idea to scream and right. yell and have fun. But I'm past that shit. Yeah, I'm too. And I'm not I'm not interested in that whatsoever. What I liked about our viewing is you could tell the fans because they would like giggle when fucked up shit was going down. Like yes. I liked the guy next to you. It was like he was our people. Yeah. Came and in. he was and he was like a he, you know what he strike struck me as? He struck me as like the stoic dad. Yeah. He when was the just, stoic dad finds something funny, you'll get a <laughs> And the fact that like he was just like I'm doing this for me. Yep. Like he came in, I'm like, that's what's up. This is our. Yeah, he crowd. was our people. Yeah, yeah. He he was our energy. But it was cool, man. It was fun, and and I'm really hoping that the success of it will open the door for more horror like that. Because I haven't seen gory, in your face in horror in a long time. There's it's become very yeah. psychological, which is good, but I miss gore. So it's not a perfect movie, by any means. So <laughs> what were some things you didn't like about the movie? You know, some of it was ham-fisted. I think the fact that the whole movie relied on a weird earthquake at the beginning, I found that to be a really cheap writing device. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that, and it didn't make the Necronomicon being there feel authentic. It felt like secondary. Yeah. You know, I loved some of the audio when they find out why it's where it is. It was really well done. Yep. But I felt like you could tell some of it, they're just like, all right, well, we need to have it here, so blah. And I thought that was cheap. I thought there was going to be some connection just finding the book, not just finding the book. And the other thing, and it's great, we won't say too much, but there wouldn't be a wood chipper in an L.A. garage. But you see it and you get a great fucking payoff. I would say my biggest critique was the pacing. And it wasn't all the way through. It was really just the beginning. We talked about the opening scene. But then it slowed down. The opening yeah. scene, yeah. The opening scene was a great introduction to what we were going to be watching. And then from the next part on... It was 25 until, minutes of nothing. Uh, there, I would say the next of the next 40 minutes, there was an easy 20 minutes of like, you could have condensed this down quicker and we could have just moved Jumped on. right into it, yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, the, the, the pre-Band-Aid pull was slow. And that said, this movie was an hour and 36 minutes. Beautiful. We need more of that, by the way. Yeah, we, we we've got as I feel like as a society we have allowed art to just the meander. art the the art to just we've allowed it to be normal to do two and a half to three hour movies. Don't do that. I just watched the new Scream last night. I was telling Bob this on the ride. How long was it? You didn't tell me that. How long was two it? Two hours and ten minutes. Is that two hours and ten minutes? You wish you had back. It was terrible. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. Whereas whereas this new Evil Dead is going to take their franchise in new directions. Mm -hmm. They don't. They didn't know what to do with Scream, and it's bloated. And it's stupid. And now I saw John Wick chapter four. Yeah. And that's a three hour movie. But if it's good, it is good, but it's not three hour okay, good. Okay. Okay. Now that said, it's two hours and 40 minutes good. But you know, it just stretched. But a there, little. there was, and it was, it wasn't towards the end. I, Cause I will say the, the last half of that movie is like gripping your seat hand. Have you seen the trailer for the Continental show? No. You know the hotel from that yeah. movie? Yeah. Peacock, I think, is um, doing a Continental show. I hope so, because that's a great. Keanu Reeves or not, it's a great. Uh, I think of the ballerina coming out next yeah. year, which is going to take. Um, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to railroad it, but I blame Marvel. I yeah, blame. I blame Marvel for three-hour movies. Yeah, and do. for the idea too that yeah. like initially John Wick was going to be a trilogy. Now it's going to be a five trilogy and a and, six trilogy. And because, in all honesty, our, like our Star Wars movies, even even like the first three Star Wars movies, were they long? No, I think they're about. They're, 90 they're right. Lord of the Rings movies, those are three-hour movies. But you know what? That's Lord of the Rings. Perfect. Yeah. And were. when they came out, it, there weren't as many, like, three-hour movies. Agreed. So it was, like, actually an event. I will say, 
sat down to watch the most recent Avatar, and they used their three hours okay. The Way of Water? Yeah, they used their three hours okay. I will tell you that. It's I, long, but... I thought the first one was fine. I didn't like it. It's Dances with Wolves with uh, Aliens. But what they CGI. do here with the water CGI, and it, it, it's quite... Listen, Avatar 2 is take an edible and watch a movie and then go to bed. That's really right. what it is. Yeah, it, it's it's good for like... Oh, this is pretty. But what we're trying to say with that about the Evil Dead is that the Evil Dead wasn't like this. It was, and that adds to the, that's what makes movies, like horror movies, great, is that you have a condensed amount of time. To no get fuckery. From point a to, there's no fuckery, and that adds to the suspense. And I have to say, there was no agenda in the film. There was no politics. It was just a fucking movie. It was what it was. It was fabulous. And, mm -hmm. and I hope, and I think, and it seems like it's going to birth more in the, in the series, which I'm excited about. One Me thing and Bob were saying we want to see... Ash somehow get incorporated. Yeah. Finish this man's storyline. And they uh they changed up uh some things about deadites, and I don't want to ruin that because okay. you got like because you guys should see what they do with the deadites at one point in the movie. Yeah, it's really yeah, cool. It's, it's it's pretty fucking badass. They took some they took some liberties, but I feel like it just injected it. They injected yeah. the franchise with steroids. They and what I also like is that like and I, I'm bringing this up because you just used the word liberties. They didn't. Uh, they didn't take like those liberties. weren't like these leap of faiths. No, they no, didn't. They fuck were calculated. With it at all. They were. They were calculated uh, risks, and I don't even like to use the word risks. To me, no. they weren't really risks, but they were enough that it added. It adds depth to the entire franchise. Mythos, yeah, and and you know that right now these guys are sitting back going like this. <sighs> yeah, because it's to, a lot of pressure. Because to them, it is pressure. It's the first. It's the first in thirty you years. Said. But you know yeah. what? I mean, I'd give it. I'd give that movie an 8.5 out of 10. And just the other, the 1.5 is just whatever. I liked it a lot. I would say, uh, I would say eight. I'd give it an eight, a solid eight. Eight. Fuck your mother in hells out of you know, 10. That's a good one. <laughs> Thank that's you. That's a good one. All right. Maybe we should go back because I know you wanted to critique Army of Darkness more. Okay. So for me, loving part one, loving the rebooted one into two. I was so happy because I was like, oh, my God, I get to see an Evil Dead in the theater. I was big. I was like, fuck you. Yeah. But then the rating, I'm like, huh? And, yeah, it was a fucking cartoon. It was a cartoon. Boink, look at the silly skeletons. Boink. I blinked them on the head, and now there's more skeletons. It's like, what? Well, the, well a lot of them had eyes, and that was the thing I was kind of like. Yeah, it was just, and you could tell that they were plastic skeletons on strings. And so, yeah, it didn't work for me. It felt... Like, they literally were like, nah, fuck it. No, that, that was the third in your series. That should be, and a lot of people consider it their favorite because it just, it it's, yeah, it's not my favorite. It embraced the camp and cult, but it wasn't an Evil Dead movie to me. And I and I, I was talking to Rem about it. Like, I feel like that's where they, they turn, like I said earlier, they turned the campiness up to 11. Mm -hmm. I feel like they did it, like you said, it, it was a PG-13. Was it yeah. PG? Was it PG-13? Oh, it had it to out? have been. There's okay. nothing, there's nothing in there of. yeah. So they were trying to broaden it to an audience, which I, I can, if I know Remy well enough, that is enough to kind of irritate him. Yeah. And like, it, it no, just stay like, true, stay true to who you are and, and to your people. Yeah. And remember when yeah. Evil Dead 2 Dead by Dawn came in the theaters, they were like, be careful. Like this yep. fucking movie's fucked up. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly it's like, bring in my kids to see the silly skeletons. Now, did I love some of the bits like Ash forgetting the words and some of his self burns? He's good. And what I was saying to Rem is like, if you think about it, like his most, I, Ash's most iconic lines come from that film. Come from that, that, that boomstick. Yeah. When he's talking about boomstick, when he's saying like, 
uh, even we didn't talk about, it, but like, oh, that's pillow talk, baby. Like, come on, that's just, and that's yeah. kind of like the vibe that Ash and Evil Dead carried a hundred percent. Him just trying to bang everybody, yeah. and 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 really, because when I see that part of the character development of Ash, it's because he's been traumatized to the point where he's like, fuck it. Yeah, I'm just I'm this guy. Yep, I am this dude. I'm I'm not even a hero. I'm just like an anti-hero kind yeah, of guy. I'm working at a I'm working at a fucking grocery yeah, my store. My name's Ash Hardware's. Le- <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. But listen, for horror fans, please, when movies come out like this, go see them. Because that's going to make sure we get more of this stuff mm-hmm. in the future, and that's what we want. I was stoked that it did well and that me and Bob helped out with that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we should we should do a fucking matinee once a month. I think that will be fun. We should try to get some of that. Mo- we could just do, you know, Remy and Bobby's movie reviews. Yeah, and just jump in on some dun, of the ones dun, that are. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Siskel and Ebert, Remy and Robert. 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 Remy and Robert. Robert and Eagle. Yeah, it was fun, man. I'm really glad you came up with that idea. That was an awesome day. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that a lot. And I've still and, the movie sat with me. And even though I'm irked, I mean, we can thank Chris for, you know, being uh, indecisive and yeah, forgetful. It happens. But, I mean, we have to remind people, guys, you're a guest on the show. Mm-hmm. We're not, like, it's not trying to sound pompous, but, like, we can't work our schedules around you guys. Yeah, this isn't our only thing. Yeah, we're too adult. So if you guys can come in on Saturdays, cool. And if you can't, I don't know what the and, fuck and, unfo- and, and And I'm at a point where I kind of want to be like, you know, if you can't fit it in, you can do virtual. And people don't want to do virtual. And I think that's, I thank you. I appreciate that you want to come hang out but with us. But me and Bob are pretty aloof. We, but we tend to be You know like, what? If it's your only option, then you don't have an option then. So that's I mean, it, that's, man. That's kind of it. Door open policy, but. Now, granted, uh, that said, uh, I do need to figure out the internet for my uh, laptop so we can have like virtual stuff. Yeah. To be fair, I will say that to be fair. To be fair to everybody, that's that's something on me, but I can't figure out how to spell uh, the way my mom words her passwords, even if she has a notebook, because she is an older woman. Yeah, they got their own. I, I can't, yeah. She shows language. me where it is, and I'm like, it's not working. Yeah. What is... Banging your head off of it. You wrote it down wrong. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so thank you for listening to us talk about cock-sucking motherfucking yeah. evil day bands. And on top of that, we can all look forward to go see that movie and pay it forward Get the word out there because they're going to make other movies now, and it, it'll it be worth your while to go see Yeah, see them in the theater, man. Smoke a blunt and go to a movie. Yeah, and hopefully it also brings back a movement of, of shorter movies. Yeah, because I can't do three hours in my ass. No. It starts hurting. No, Rem had to get up in the middle of an hour and a half movie to use to the bathroom. Yeah, I did, dude, and I fucking held that shit for a minute, but I picked a good time. I only missed the finger cutting. So, All right. So on that note, I mean, we'll come back next week with a different episode. Yeah. And uh, until then. Just a then, fun little fucking review. Until then, everybody, now you see our problem-solving skills, you know, people our age have. He's going to stop sucking dick on my microphone. Nope.